day 25. Day 25. Congratulations. You made it to the second episode. <laughs> of Leviticus. Of Leviticus. Right? right, right. We're so glad you're with us. And you haven't, yeah, just fallen off and given up, man. Because Leviticus is so good. But you just got to like sit with it. You have to try to understand what the text is saying. And read yeah. it through the lens of, yeah, like what you know about God already, right? What you right. know about the New Testament. What you know about Jesus. And so in chapter 5, we have these cases about sin offerings now remember we ended off last time talking about the sin offerings and here we have case laws around them. so just case laws what that means is if in case just think in case this happens right you have a sin offering right so if you touch something unclean this is what happens if you you know um if someone swears rashly to do what is good but doesn't keep their oath right sin offering comes now What's cool about this text, Jano, is that in verse five, yeah. he yeah. says that they are to confess the sin mm. they have committed, right? Right. If someone incurs guilt, they are to confess the sin. And I think, man, like what he's trying to get at is like confession and repentance go hand in hand. Right. right? Yep. And it's like, yep. yo, confession like literally means we say like, oh, what is confession? It really means to reveal or expose, right? right? Your sin, yeah. right? In the sight of yeah. man and in the sight of God. And first John, right, picks up, you know, the famous Famous verse, you know, confess your yeah. sins, the Lord is faithful and just to forgive your sins. It right. picks up this language and runs with it. And so, like, yeah, we have to view confession uh, and sin as, right. or confession and repentance, I'm sorry, as, yeah, going hand in hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to be reminded that um, what makes confession possible mm -hmm. is the graciousness of God, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not like, you got caught red-handed, and I don't want to confess so that I can get away with it. Uh, but confession is, no, no, no. Look, I'm free to confess. Like, we above all people yeah. are free to own our faults because we know that God, his grace, his mercy is greater than all of our sins. So it's actually the graciousness of God that leads us to be those that free and fully confess and we don't have to hide our sin absolutely because when we hide it it's not done away with and it's still there and god sees all but since god sees all we don't have to hide it we can expose it because this book is all about god yeah. making a way for forgiveness absolutely that isn't about sweeping it under the rug but yeah putting that sin to death yeah and even in the same chapter he kind of goes on you see remember guys god has a heart for the poor. And this is why Jesus comes on the scene and says, yo, I've come to preach good news to the poor. Right. right? So here God is like, yo, um, if this happens, right, you come right. and you get, uh, you know, a female lamb or a goat from the flock and you offer it as a sin offering. Right. But if you can't afford that, right, if you can't afford that animal, just bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons. So Luke 2, Jesus's parents yep. come up. And they bring two turtle doves. Two turtle doves. Yeah. Yep. And then he says, if you can't even afford that, <laughs> right? Right. He may bring two quarts of fine flour as an offering for his right. sin. And the point the text is trying to make, man, is that God wants everybody to worship him. And what we have to do as Christians now, man, we can't create barriers for the poor right. to experience the grace of Jesus. That's good, man. We cannot That's create so barriers for the poor to experience whatever that looks like now. We can work right. hard to think how that looks, but that right. should be the overall guiding principle. God is like, no, man, I have a heart for everybody. Right, right, right. Yeah, you know, God is more concerned about people bringing something as an act of uh, 
their submission to him, not because God needs anything, right? Mm -hmm. God don't need your flower the same way God doesn't need your cows, the same way God doesn't need your dollar bit. Like God, God doesn't need it. Yeah. We do like we need to give it. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. then yeah, what happens in Leviticus six? Chapter six, uh, what we have is this. God's gonna start talking about deception, right? So all of these sins are, yo, you've done something unintentionally. Mm-hmm. You've uh there are ways to get back, there's ways to have your sins forgiven. And then in chapter six, he's actually gonna bring up this act of deception. Mm-hmm. And along with this confession. God is going to say, no, 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 look, look, Um, he's not adding something to repentance. He's just defining what repentance looks like. And repentance in this sense, when it comes to actively, purposely deceiving somebody, repentance looks like restitution, yeah, restoration, Mm. right? And so this is where... um, you even look at Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus mm. comes to Christ, and he's like, "Yo, all right, yo, I know I'm a tax man." And he's like, "All right, it was April fifteenth. I know when I did your taxes. I told you that your self-employment taxes were this much. I told you uh, FICA increased, but I lied." And Zacchaeus is going to instinctively say on the inside, "Yo, yeah, Jesus, like, yo." I'm sorry, Hmm. and I'm going to go back and make everybody right. And this is not him trying to, uh, uh, this is not him trying to earn his salvation. Right. This is him proving that his sorrow and repentance for sin is real. Like it's evidence that it's real. And what he's saying is, it's only right. Hmm. I cheated somebody out of their money. I understand the time value of money. So even if I pay them back, I haven't restored it because I robbed them of the ability to use their money there. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make them whole. I want to make them whole. And it's instinctive. He's not pressured. He's not guilted. This is just the overflow of a heart of somebody that loves their neighbor and wants to see them restored. And Jesus is going to look at him and say these words, today salvation has come to this house. Absolutely. Not because Zacchaeus paid for his sin. Christ is going to pay for his sin, but because in restitution, he showed that he really had an understanding of what he did wrong and how he defrauded. And it was in his power to make it right. Yes. And so he did. Yes. 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 This is so good, man. And like, again, guys, like this is the old covenant, but the principle, like what we have to work hard, every single law, like has some kind of overarching principle around it that that the New Testament picks up on or God's will is for us to pick up on as well. Right. Yeah. 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 And so like, man, like even thinking about Jesus, like you said, bro, in Matthew 5. This is why this stuff just comes out of him. It just comes out of the New Testament. <laughs> right. They don't even have to like quote it or refer back to it specifically. He says, yeah. yo, if you alter your gift on the altar and you remember that your brother got something, in sh- go and pay back your brother and then come Make over your right. gift on the altar. Right. right. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. As in like, yo, God isn't pleased with our worship if we defrauding other human beings. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. So, like, yeah. And we have to think about like, man, how high is God's view of man? Like, Christianity, right. guys, is so. If you want to talk about human rights and like, 
you know, a, a high view and value and dignity of human beings to sin against a man is to spit in the face of God. Right. Yeah. This is why he's so, that's why he says, no, 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 go pay back. Then you come worship me. Then you come to right. church and do what you're trying to do. I'm not <laughs> right. pleased, my God. Right. I'm right. not. Right. And so, yeah. yeah, man, I just think that's so, it's so real, man. And we neglect God. passages like this and miss gems. Right. Like yeah. This. Yeah. Yeah. That we, yeah, in our search for human rights or the fact that God values people, we throw away books like Leviticus come on. and Deuteronomy, where it's like, ugh. Wait till we get to Deuteronomy and you're going to see, uh, yeah, this God is, is different than you may have thought about him. Yeah. All right. So that's uh, the end of six. Yeah. Yeah. yeah seven and eight. Yeah. So basically in seven, like it starts to shift in mid six too, but like, especially in seven, it talks about, you know, the burnt grain, sin and guilt offering just in terms of the priests. So like right. at first it was saying, yo, like the beginning of Leviticus was like, yo, this is for the people. And this is for like the priests. And then in eight, it shifts even more where we see right. the ordination of the priests. So remember, yeah. guys, like Leviticus is the is literally the law of the priests. Yeah. And literally in eight through ten, we haven't got that far yet. But like it's that's the only historical narrative in Leviticus. Right. And it's right. dealing with the priests. Now, yeah. the why is why is God spending so much time here? Remember Exodus 29, the whole uh blood on the thumbs and the ears, the weird stuff. Right. This is the fulfillment of that, right? So in Leviticus 8, God is going to actually do that to Aaron and his sons. And what God is just trying to say is like, man, the pe my people are supposed to be set apart and holy, but the priests yeah. are supposed to be set apart, set apart, <laughs> right? right? Like y'all right, are the right. leaders. Y'all have been given and endowed with a type of authority, right? Yep. To come before me on behalf of the people. So you yeah. guys, your, your life, like your, your life and your, um, you know, like the way you do things has to be different. And so God right. here- is purifying um, the priests so that they can, you know, do this uh, ministry. And it's crazy because, like in other um, Israel, uh, other ancient Near Eastern cultures, you right. know, the priests were usually seen as very pagan, right? They were like immoral and all these things. Mm, and so this yeah. is even uh, kind of like averse to the common culture, right? Right. And I just think, like, yep. man, even in you know, like. Um, the church, bro, like our leaders, man, like we should have a type of integrity, you know what I'm mm. saying? That says ah, something good. about us and about the God we serve as well. Ah, that's good, man. Yeah. Again, though, God knows, like, man, if the priest sins, ah, he has to make an offering or sacrifice for himself. But the beauty of Christ is, bro, like he's never sinned. He right. never had to make a sacrifice for himself. Yeah. But because he loves us and identifies with us, right? Mm. He makes a sacrifice on our behalf. Now, the crazy thing is, man, the book of Leviticus about is about holiness, right? It's right. about how can God's people be holy? How can a sinful people come into the presence of a holy God? Somebody right. has to fill that gap who is holy, right? Right. And Jesus does that. Jesus is. Yep. And those priests have to continually make yes. sacrifices. Jesus made one oh, once and for all. Yeah. That's good. Amen. Amen.